You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. It's college football season. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, that's America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action. And this is with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. So you got to take advantage of this limited time offer right now. You heard right. DraftKings has given all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boost that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Don't wait right now and use that promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. Again, that's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. It's Tommy V. It's Mikey CLT. And we're here with another episode of Bar Down Breakdown. And this one is episode 129. And we were uh, graced with the presence of Mikey and Gabe from Misery, a great new band uh, that kind of reinvented themselves and landed on Revival Recordings, uh, who we uh, who we love and have some great artists on there uh, that we've talked to before. But uh, we're really, really super pumped uh, for this interview that you're about to hear. Misery actually has a new EP that they just announced uh about a week or two ago coming out on September 17th on revival recordings. It's called XOX. They've had a couple of singles out, including a sunny place for shady people and everything is fine. Um, Mikey is their guitarist. Gabe is their vocalist. And we uh, had a great conversation with them, touched upon a bunch of different cool things. So uh, we will just jump right into that. So uh, without further ado, this is Mikey and Gabe from Misery with an exclamation point. Don't forget that. And again, XOX is out September 17th on Revival Recordings. Go pre-order it now. Bringing out they never end I think I'm running out of time 
Breakdown Breakdown. We're back in the box. That's something we used to say. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it again because I couldn't think of anything else clever to say. But episode 129, 129. And we have with us uh, our homies Gabe and Mike. Um, they are from Misery um, with an exclamation point. So at, like when you guys like tell people your band name, or is it like like is it upwards inflection is like misery or is it just like no nah, we're just fucking like misery don't don't fuck with me right now and it depends on the situation yeah <laughs> uh, whatever we're in Dude. if we're like we're yelling across the room we'll whisper it love it and yeah. if you're up close we'll yell it we yeah, yell that's, it. that's how you do it uh so real quick um let's just just hear um so mike what is your uh what do you do in the band i play just guitar perfect and gabe what do you do uh vocals Awesome. Okay, so we've got a uh, guitarist and vocalist, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, cool so dynamic now Tom here. can't like just totally nerd out about drumming because Tom was a drummer. Well, I guess you still are a drummer. Yeah, I, I don't think. Always. Yeah, you you never like stop being a musician. Like maybe you just like yeah. stop actively doing it. But like you know, <laughs> even though I haven't picked up sticks in a, in like a couple of years, I'm sure if you put me in like a guitar center and you're like, hey, play like nirvana badly i'd uh i'd be up to the challenge for sure so um cool let's just kind of dive right into it so uh we'll kind of uh we'll kind of mess around with the timeline a little bit but just to kind of jump right in so i know you uh you guys just um dropped a single recently i think just about was it two weeks ago um and this is in anticipation of uh a new release coming out so um how was the process of kind of getting the single ready uh you know for release what was uh the whole idea of kind of like target audience and stuff and how has the single been performing uh in the couple of weeks that it's been out so far the single's been performing great awesome. um at first it started off a little slow we were getting a little worried but uh we started pushing a little bit more doing different things here and there with each member cool. um so right now I th it's looking it's looking really well especially on spotify but uh, getting it ready for release—that was the fun part. Um, yeah, we've we've had these songs for a while, and this the recent one was our first song we ever wrote together. Um, yeah. So having that one since a little after COVID started, and not being able to release it, finally being able to release it mm -hmm. was just—it was that was amazing. It was finally we were able to show everybody what we've been working on. You can chime in, Gabe, if you want. <laughs> Oh, and as far as it's releasing, like, uh, like our crowd that we're trying to reach, um, I would I call it easy listening. Is literally everybody, anybody can listen to our music, you know, awesome. and and get something or pick something out of it that they like. Well, from what I'm noticing, a lot of people who don't even really listen to our kind of emo music and stuff like that, they're like, man, I, I I really like this. It's like very melodic, you know, like things like that. Um, but literally, our music is literally for everyone. So, yeah, awesome. even like uh, even like the harsh vocal parts so far not a single even like older generations no one's really saying anything like oh i don't like that or they're really enjoying that a lot i love it that that that's awesome so um i know you guys uh, you're you're kind of uh in your infancy uh as as a as a group i guess collectively right you you just really kind of started getting the wheels turning last year um mm -hmm. so i i guess the the easiest question for that is you know what was it like to start a band or essentially 
or even if the the band was kind of in the works before, what was it like to kind of progress through uh, through the pandemic? Um, I'll feed off of this one real quick, Gabe. I'm gonna yeah, yeah, Mike. I'll add something to that, which is it might answer a question that you might already have. Mm-hmm. But um, tech, basically, this band was already formed. It's been okay. Technically, we've been around since 2016. Oh wow! We okay. were known as Misery Loves Company, and we were on revival touring, doing all that stuff, and then we separated from our singer, mm-hmm. and, which then comes COVID happened. We decided to rebrand, change the name, but we wanted to keep Misery in a way. We tried to keep MLC, but Mm -hmm. we had terms and stuff that we agreed with the old singer. So we kept Misery through the exclamation point because there's a 90s punk band, I think, called Misery. So Mm. we were like, let's throw that on there. Let's pull an attack attack and throw that on there. So, (laughs) uh, But um, pretty much then we, Gabe came along. We had, we got Jesse in. Uh, Me, Joe, and Joey, the bassist and the other guitars. Our other guitars used to be our drummer. And we, he, since oh, wow. he lives out of state, we brought him the guitar because it's a lot easier to move things. Yeah, yeah, but, of course. Um, but pretty much that's like how that all got started and why things are a little bit more looking, I want to say professional in a mm-hmm. way. And as a start of a band, a lot of people think that we're just a fresh band. We're not. We've had experience. Um, it's just we're carrying it over in a rebranded way. Cool. So, um, I guess, you know, to build off of that, you know, even though you guys were a band prior to COVID, you know, I'm sure that you were working on this release, this upcoming release during COVID, right? So, you know, a lot of our bands that we've loved for years and years, they got into the studio and, you know, we're going to be just getting so much new music the next couple of Excuse months me. maybe even next next but, year or so so i guess tell us that process of of coming together you know gabe being in the band now and like this whole new rebrand as misery what, what was that process process like going through it during covid oh that the, oh that pro- the process was was it was a, it was definitely a weird process being in a studio and everything during this COVID because, but also a better process because everybody's in the state of mind where it's like, okay, I'm closed in. Um, um, you know, everything is just kind of cl- closed. So you're sitting mm-hmm. there like, okay, now you start digging deeper and deeper and deeper into yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's where most of the essences from the, you know, the, this music came from, you know, each and every one of us has a specific thing about us that we just put in a melting pot and just, pretty much just like okay we're gonna go full send and just do it let's just do it and that's pretty much like how it how most of it came about a lot of it was just like uh we got a lot of time to sit down and work on like i said before the old sound and if we wanted to carry that over or whatnot but like we had a lot of time to sit down and talk about okay we got new members and let's what's everybody want to do and so doing that over covid it was just like i i'm very as you can tell of this side, uh, I'm a very early 2000s kid. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure. Oh, there he is. Okay. I thought we lost Gabe for a second. <laughs> no, but, um, Joe, Joe's calling me. Joe's calling uh, me. I don't good. think he knows that we're but, on this um, call. Being that, I really wanted to do that. Like with Mike Hem being gone for so long, yeah. I always looked at it like, hey, I want to be that next band that gives the New Jersey emo to people again. Let's yep. bring that back and the New Jersey punk rock type all that and um 
same with Gabe. He's he's one of his favorite bands is AFI. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking about those influences and those things that we really like mesh well together. Yeah. And each one of us agree on all that stuff. And just like he sat through in a yep. melting pot and said, let's go, let's do it. And, and I think the cool thing about that too, just talking about, you know, you talking about Mike chem and then talking about Gabe with AFI, they're both bands that, you know, if you look at their trajectory, how they started and where they are, are, you know, are now, or well, my chem is the kind of, you know, separate because they're sort of coming back. But, you know, if you look at the music, my chem, you know, had released when they first released, um, uh, you know, um, I, I brought you bullets all the way mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, like killjoys, you could see how they've kind of gotten a little bit more, open they've kind of shed their roots a little bit more theatrical and afi kind of did the same thing right you know when you look at shut your mouth and open your eyes and black sails in the sunset those records as you know opposed to um you know uh the the later records as opposed to even you know bodies and, and their newer stuff they've they've definitely kind of grown so do you guys feel that you know as you shed misery loves company and just become misery do you guys feel that this newer music you've grown in a way that kind of mirrors that where you're being a little bit more experimental and open and not trying to stick to one niche uh do you feel that you're kind of expanding your palette there um i personally there's there's one song on this uh there's one main song that i'm going to talk about that's on the record it's called willow in the woods okay that's like our nod to like grunge and um so we 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 experimented with a lot of stuff Cool. And Ricky yeah. really, Ricky Armelino, he tried to, he really, he made a playlist mm-hmm. and he put a bunch of songs on there and had us listen to it before we even got to the studio. Cool. He yeah. was like, this is what's happening now. This is what all the, all the big guys are doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Let's see if you can incorporate these things, which, you know, like in a sunny place for shady people, there's a couple transitions in there where there's these like effects or sounds, or I don't even know really what to call them, but it's just, those are Noises. the things that we got. Yeah. <laughs> Those noises. are the things that we got from other songs yeah. that we just were like, Hey, let's have a transition that kind of transitions like this instead of doing like something with the guitar or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, like you said, like we were talking about with the old misery loves company. Yeah. Bringing over the fact, like, especially with me on guitar, cause I, the EP for that was me and the singer. Mm-hmm. And so having my guitar, the way that I write and stuff, carry over to this like we're still keeping that element of mlc mm-hmm. but it's just like i always tell them like this feels like an upgraded version to me like a way better version cool i'm a lot happier we're mm-hmm. all a lot happier it's Absolutely. so much fun and like even in the studio when we were in the studio um but since we were playing with these sounds we were kind of going for each song is its own like personality so mm-hmm. even voc- even vocally it, it, every song differs from each other sure but still but still has the same kind of essence so pretty much we were talking about and like in a lot of music we, we'd we like to uh talk about like mental, mental health and how the mental health uh like how people deal with it yes you know and, and sure. it's just but but it's presented in a way where it's actually in your mind and to see the things that you are picturing going mm. through the mental struggles and things like that like you know me personally i've gone through a lot of sure. stuff and so is mike um mm-hmm. so a lot of the songs kind of put present it in that way yeah. but instead of instead of it just saying speaking about being in that state of mind kind of yeah. speaking about a solution to it in a way and just trying to help people in that sense sure. 
Now, you, you mentioned going into the studio with Ricky from Ice Nine Kills. You know, yes. you guys also hint, hinted at that, you, you know, you had a lot more time to, you know, develop the, the new brand of misery and, and what your roles were. And you would have to think that if this was normal circumstances, you wouldn't have that much time with Ricky because, you know, he's constantly touring with yeah. Ice Nine Kills. Like they are yeah. always on the road all over the all over the world. So right now it's hard to get a hold of them. <laughs> yeah. So like you guys kind of got lucky where you had his attention for an extended amount of time mm-hmm. where normally that probably wouldn't be the case. Exactly. So, and like it's I, I as bad as it was. COVID for this band in particular was a great thing mm. uh, because it was just like with the with removing the singer. Yeah. Um, that was something that we've felt needed to happen for a long time. The label reached out about it and it kind of lined right up perfectly for when that happened. And um, then COVID hit like, I think a week to a month right after that happened. So then we had all this time, like no one knowing everything was in the air. No one knew anything. Yeah. So not only with the studio stuff, but like just getting this band together and keeping it together and trying to figure out what the hell to do with it and uh, finding the right singer. And thank God I remembered his ass. (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing though, he was, Mike was looking for, Mike was looking for me for quite some time. And for, I I stopped singing for 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, um, Me and Mike and I, we started a band 10 years ago and that was him and I's like first band that, you know, we were together doing our thing. And then I ended up leaving and went to Las Vegas and I, and I pretty much just fell off the planet, deleted mm-hmm. Facebook, everything. So right as like COVID hit, I'm sitting there trying to figure out my old Facebook so I can like, um, like get a hold of everybody and everything. Yeah. And I had to give my ID and I had to wait like a month for them to process the ID. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it super, was crazy. Super annoying, but yeah. as soon as I, as soon as I hit that, like put the password in and I got in. Mike was the first one to be like, I got something to tell you. I tried for a long time. I even had him try. Uh, I was talking to him about four years ago about trying out for guitar. Cause yeah. in Mi- misery loves company. It was just mm-hmm. me. We didn't have another guitarist. Yeah. And I was like, if I want anybody, I want him because he could sing mm-hmm. and he could help with harmonies and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that was when us an old singer, we were on great terms, everything else. So I was like, let's get him in. But he had, mm-hmm. over those 10 years, he started a family. He's he it's done a lot. So it's kind of like he's at the point in life where I felt like it was like time to bring you in, bro. Time mm-hmm. to come back. Like you have a wonderful voice, and I've always one of my favorite people to hear sing. So awesome. I'm just happy I got his ass here. Yeah, there you go. Um, so as far as um, you know, your 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 musical landscape is concerned, along with the rebranding, have you decided collectively to leave all of the the older music behind or are you going to try to retool it at all or are you just kind of starting fresh oh it's a hundred percent shed just mlc is awesome. officially dead cool. to us um mm-hmm. um that inside little I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll drop i'll drop a little hint here for the album artwork but on the yeah. album artwork i don't know if you guys saw it yet or not mm-hmm. but there's a tree on fire in the background that's kind of like symbolizing the tree on Misery Loves Company's EP burning yep. down. It's gone. Got it. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I, that and and I think that's you know that's such a it's such a tough thing to do sometimes because you know when you have like an entire back catalog, and then again I guess we could look at at COVID for something that uh, ended up 
kind of helping you guys because, you know, if, if the pandemic had never happened and you guys were making this transition, you most likely would still have been playing shows, touring and all this stuff. And it's really hard to, you know, to kind of rebrand yourself and then just not have like a full set list to play. So that's kind of probably uh, an important thing for you guys too. But um, so as far as that is concerned, uh, you know, having, you know, shows coming up now, I know you guys, um, the what's dropping in, uh, in September, um, is it a, is it an EP or is it a full record? EP. It's an EP. EP. So, so on that, uh, do you guys, you know, cause uh, you know, an, an EP is, you know, usually just, you know, five or six songs or whatever. Uh, do you guys have like some other stuff in the tank that's in the works that if you are getting out there on tour is like a kind of a snapshot of what's to come even next, or have you been writing or is it still just kind of fine tuning and polishing? We've been talking a lot about okay. um, what to do for the next record and yeah. stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's going to... A lot of the songs on this EP was written to see what people would take, like connect with the sure, most yeah. sound-wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take that and, and incorporate it on the uh, new record. Yeah, sure. um, We've been... Me and Joey, Joey's always messing around with riffs. I'm always cool. messing around with uh, mm-hmm. the guitar. Yeah. He's always writing lyrics. Like it's always something. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely ready. It's probably going to be within six months to a year after this drops. We might, I don't, I see us going in at least demoing things, awesome. things out. So great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, you know, t- Tom mentioned that word with the, that starts with the T. Like, have you guys started discussing hitting the road and going out on tour? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we have uh, we have some announcements coming very soon. Um, okay. There is a, uh, actually by the time this comes out, uh, we will be on the road with you said two weeks. It comes out, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. in October, we are going to be on the road with I Set to Kill, uh, Scarlett O'Hara. Oh, wow. Uh, the Funeral Portrait. Awesome. And so that's going to be happening. And we're going to have connecting dates to that tour. And then coming back from that tour, we're going to have some more dates where it's just us. And I think it's gonna, we're going to pick up some. I don't know if we're picking up bands or if other bands, if we're going to have somebody touring with us on those dates, Mm -hmm. not sure. And there's, there's, there's some more coming that by the time this comes out, we will, uh, there's going to be announcements over time. Cool. Awesome. Now, I'm not sure if you've been watching the news and I'm not trying to be like a a Debbie Downer (laughs) or anything, but I watched it, you know, (laughs) one of our favorite bands driveways, they have a sold out, gig in august in massachusetts and the venue just came out today saying like hey we're gonna have to refund tickets if you're not vaccinated so they're basically saying like only vaccinated people are able to attend their shows so you know it it seems like once again the the live music might be throwing a curveball and it's it's kind of crazy that it's it you know we we this summer has been like the summer of feeling alive again and all of a sudden yeah. it's like whoa nope um, don't get no, too comfortable we're hoping we're hoping that nothing too crazy happens but yeah like on those types of topics like we kind of just we step back because like all of us have different opinions all of, of us course. think different things we're just so over the politics we're so over yeah hearing about all of this and stuff like that like it's just all we can say is hey we're hoping that it doesn't happen yeah but if it does i hope everybody stays safe yeah. Yeah we, are, yeah, we hope everything works out, you know, in the end. And that's pretty much what we're what we're trying to go for. So. Yeah, it's 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 just a tough situation, you know, like without getting, you know, partisan about it or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, 
this, whatever, however you want to look at it. I mean, you know, this, this virus was a, was a, was a deadly thing. And, um, you know, uh, the, the last crazy pandemic, you know, that, that we had, you know, if you look back a hundred years ago, like you can kind of see the same patterns. Like it was, it was bad and then it got a little bit better, but then it got worse again and then it got better again. So it's kind of just mimicking history, which we, you know, we as, as human beings should have probably been able to extrapolate that, but you know, everyone I think got so excited thinking that, oh, this pandemic is finally over and things are going to start to get back to normal. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously live music is one of those things that it's a lot of, you know, a lot of people look at it as entertainment, but uh, for the people that are in it, that are in that industry, it's, it's livelihood, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, you, now, you know, we're talking about, you know, someone like, you know, me who, you know, I, I'm not in a touring band and I don't, you know, put food on my table by, you know, getting out there and selling merch and, and getting guarantees and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I could sit back and be like, oh, well, if it's going to be another six months, you know, I, I already waited 14, what's another six, but you know, for, for, for you guys, you know, it's kind of come down to a point where it's like, okay, well, can I, can I last another, another six months? You know, like, yeah. can I, can I do this? Like, do I have to start selling my gear off so I can pay rent, you know? And, and I think that's such a, a crappy position for musicians, artists, and, and the like to be put in. So um, just like you guys, yeah, we're, we're hoping that it, it all works out and um, you know, just trying to do the right things uh, to do to just stay safe in it. But so Again, under the assumption that, you know, everything does work out, um, you know, hearing the plans that you guys have for touring, it's totally awesome. And, and I'm, I'm really, really stoked for you guys. But um, so approaching the, um, the record release itself, did you guys have any plans? I don't know if you could say yet, but did you guys have any plans for a like an actual record release show or like a small tour surrounding the record release or anything like that? We actually do have a we have a local show for an EP release um, awesome. that is going to be September 25th cool. in uh, South Jersey, Amazing Landing. Uh, I'm Very really nice. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, one of one of the things MLC never did was uh, they never did the the local show scene. Mm. Once we got signed, some people's heads got a little bit big and yep. never wanted to do the local stuff. And mm -hmm. I, me and Joe, always hated it. And yeah. we were just like, Hey, we want to like, that's one thing I wanted to do with this yeah. is like still play the local stuff mm -hmm. and Stay the humble, EP release. Man. Yeah. The EP release was just yeah. like, it was already a local show. We were just mm -hmm. like, Hey guys, coincidentally, like a little bit before that, our album comes out, let's yeah. turn it into a party. Like, absolutely. So. And, and I think local shows, um, you know, some of the, some of the best shows are our local shows and especially you know, you guys being, being Jersey boys and us, you know, being from Long Island, like some of the best shows that I've ever been to were local Long Island shows where, you know, you pack out a venue full of people that have grown up loving a band. You know, it's like, I can't imagine, you know, not, I've never experienced one, but I have to think like a band like Thursday, if they go back to New Brunswick, like, I mean, it's going to like, it's going to explode. You know, that, so like, that's the same thing with um, I don't know if you know or heard of, but it's called Vintage Vinyl. Oh, sure. They're, of course. They're, yeah. they're closing. Yeah. And, they are. Uh, but that's where like Mike Hem did all their album release shows. Yeah. Yep. And like stuff like that. If you go, you can find them on YouTube. And mm -hmm. those shows were enormous. They were oh, amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's what that's another reason why, like, I'm I'm a very 
big fan of them. Yeah. I, I follow a lot of things that that band does because not only are they just genuine people, but the way that they're like, for example, there's, there's, you can see videos of Gerard saying like, Hey, if a band guy tells you to show, show them your tits to get backstage, you spit in their face and tell them to fuck off. Like stuff yeah. like that. Like I appreciate that so much. Yeah. And like they also, they were very adamant, like Frank Iero, very big New Jersey supporter out mm-hmm. of all of them. I think it's probably him the most. Yeah. And it's something that I try to strive to be as well. It's like, I love where I'm from. I yeah. hate New Jersey. I hate living here. No one loves it here, but we love yeah. it here. But yeah, when you right? leave, when you leave, you miss it like a bitch. <laughs> like, home but, is home. And but you can it. make a left turn and anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it depends on where Jersey are. If you're in North Jersey, you got all the jug handles and stuff. Yeah, South Jersey, know, it's yeah. great. South Jersey, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and and that, and that's the funny thing. And we we've had people on the podcast that are that like grew up in South Jersey, uh, but you know, like affectionately call themselves like. Yeah, we're, you know, we're from Philly. And it's just like, well, I think you're technically from Cherry Hill, but okay. Our drummer's like, kind of uh, like that. Yeah. Our drummer moved to Philly and he says, I'm from Philly. I'm like, no, yeah. you're not. You're from Atlanta. No, you're you're yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we, uh, we, we have this, we have this conversation too, uh, with uh, a bunch of episodes back about um, uh, this band called the Menzingers, who I'm sure you guys have, have heard of, but mm-hmm. they, they were a Scranton, Pennsylvania band, right? Like that's where they all, they grew up in Scranton. They were repping Scranton. And then all of a sudden they all moved to Philly and now all of a sudden they're like a Philly band. And it's like, yeah, are you really though? Or yeah. are you, you know, like hanging out with Kevin Malone and Michael Scott up there in Scranton and like trying to, trying to tell us that like you're Philly born and bred. Like I, I, I get it. Like, you know, um, you know, where, where you kind of, where you end up landing on the map sometimes means more than it, it really does. But, um, I, you know, I wish you all, all the success in the world for, for the, for the EP release show. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, some of the best shows that we've been to Mikey and I have been, you know, kind of local hometown shows. I mean, like, you know, for you know, taking back Sunday, I remember seeing them in this like 400 cap room that was just like unbelievably raucous. I mean, like they uh, had played like a secret show when they had first put that record tidal wave out one of their newer ones. And uh, so they played that whole record and they took like a 15 minute break and came back on and played like all the hits. And I mean, it was just like insane, you know, it's insane to be in that kind of um, that, that like arena just where like, it's like, you just kind of let inhibitions go, which is really cool. So I hope you guys end up getting that. Um, So just to kind of dial it back a bit, um, I guess I'll, I'll ask this to, to Gabe first. Now I know before, uh, we had started rolling, we we're talking a little bit about, um, how you got into, you know, alternative music. And you had said that, um, you were pretty much pulled out of public school, uh, around fifth grade and you were homeschooled the rest of the way. And I know like, for me, at least like my formative years of kind of getting into this music was, you know, probably around sixth, seventh or eighth grade. So I'm just curious to know, like, not being in in like public school or even private school surrounded by the people that would kind of influence what trends and music you're listening to. How did you find your way uh, through the alternative landscape? Um, well, when I was, uh, I want to say like 11, I used to skateboard a lot outside. Okay. I was always, by, I was always by myself, mm-hmm. always by myself and skateboarding, just, you know, trying to do my thing. And 
one day I found a POD CD like on the grass <laughs> and, I, and I, and I look over and I'm like, okay, POD, what is this? Like, you know, and mm-hmm. I go put it in, I go put it in the uh, CD player and I'm like, all right, I like this. This is cool because my parents, um, I, I'm, we're Hispanic. So they listen to a lot of reggaeton and like mm-hmm. that, you know, that stuff. And they, they don't know the rock stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. None of it. So when I put that on, I was like, this is nice, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then, um, after listening to that, I believe I went to like, uh, like a CD store cause I wanted to buy something and I ended up buying an AFI CD. That was the next thing I got. Oh, wow. Um, but being that both my parents are pastors and stuff, like they're like, that's demonic, you know, yeah. like stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is, which is cool. Like, you know, they're cool about it now, but, um, back in the day, they're like, Oh, I don't want you listening to that, you know, cause it, you know, yeah. got cursing and got this and whatever. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, so they took my CD, but I ended up taking it back and I kept listening to it and putting it back where it was going, you know, and then from Smart there, it, from there, once it came, once I hit 15, I was listening to like, you know, like from first to last mm-hmm. uh, Thursday, take yep. it back Sunday. Sure. Like that's when everything came out brand new, yep. like yep. all of these bands that just started like popping up and I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You know? Um, so I never lost that. Cause even, um, through high school, um, being homeschooled, I, I listened to the same stuff. So all the older 2000s and, and mm-hmm. they are the earlier 2000s, they, yeah. they just stuck with me. And that's awesome. where all, most of the stuff came from now. Sick. And then, uh, Mike, I'll ask you the, the same question. Uh, you know, how did you kind of find your way in, in into alternative music? What got you into uh, into it? It was kind of like um, I got introduced to Linkin Park and Charlotte, stuff like that. And I was really into like the pop punk sound. And then like the first time I, it's just a weird one. Um, first time I ever heard like screaming other mm-hmm. than Linkin Park and stuff um, was Stained. And they had that, I forget what song it is now, but my mom really liked Stained, but she didn't okay. want me to listen to it because she said, this is too depressing for you. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> lo and behold, little did she know. What yeah, it's gonna right. turn out to be. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it, it was that, and then my dad, like Pantera, Metallica, all that, all the nice. typical stuff. Yep. But um, I, I specifically remember like one day I went to a cousin of mine, went to his house, and he had uh, the Bullets album on by Mike mm. Hem. Yep. And I was just sitting there like, "Who is this? Yeah. Like, what is this sound? Like, I'd never heard anything like this." And that's when I started really getting into like that. The use as well. The use was yeah. another one. Sure. Uh, my cousin just kind of had all these CDs that he was, he was somebody that I think he knew somebody on a record label. I forget exactly what it was, but he was, he's older than me. And so he would get these like compilation albums and yeah. they would have like, that's how I first heard Silverstein and all this other stuff so it was just this compilation album all these different songs and stuff i bet i know i bet i know what compilation album that was i bet i do um are you if you don't mind me asking uh, how old are you 27 okay so it's probably the same compilation that both me and mikey got our hands on somehow it was silverstein it was it was a victory comp, right? It probably yeah. had Silverstein yeah. and Spittlefield, yeah. and uh, I think it, I think a day to remember was on there with uh, Downfall of Us All. I think oh, that, that was on okay. there. So so that one might have been a little a or little no, later. No, it wasn't that one. It was um. There's a song I can't remember what it's called right now, but there's but a day to remember. But it's there. very it's very possible that that was probably later in the lineage. But like, yeah. it's it's funny. Like whenever anyone brings up compilations, like I remember distinctly, like four or five compilations that like I got for free in bags at warp tour from like the different Mm -hmm. record label tents. And like, I'll never forget them. Like 
Equal Vision put out one where I heard my first Circus Survive song. Uh, Victory put out one that had like the first, you know, uh, the first couple of songs from like the first Bayside record and the first Silverstein record. And then I know what you're talking about now. Yep, yep, yep exactly. Yep. yep. <laughs> like it's just like if you were from that era, like you, that's how like you found out about music. And then if you yep. were like me, you took it one step further and you went to like mp3.com or pure volume and you were just like, <laughs> oh, I gotta find this, I gotta find that. But um, there's so much, there's so much beauty in that, in, in being able to like expand your, your, your horizons. But it's so funny, like, you know, so you, you saying Lincoln Park and Stained and then Gabe saying POD, it's like, you know, how, how broad it goes from there, because, you know, all three of those bands, Lincoln Park, Stained and POD, like you could probably have easily found on like regular MTV, right? Like, so you didn't necessarily need like Headbangers Ball or you didn't need like any of that yeah. stuff. Whereas like some of the more niche stuff as it came out was like, Oh, that was only on MTV two at like six in the morning, or it was like on Steven's untitled rock show on fuse or like some of this stuff. So it's kind of cool to see how like you can kind of dip your feet into alternative music in one Avenue and then, you know, com completely go in the opposite direction because, you know, my chem, especially that, that first record, I mean, you know, comes to my, you know, head first for halos and all that kind of stuff, like way different than a band like stained, you know, yeah. but like, both alternative in so much that they were breaking the mold in what they were doing. So um, do you find that when you guys are, are writing now, you know, even though you've far evolved from kind of how you got into that music, do you ever find yourself like listening to like a Lincoln park record, like Meteora, or are you listening to like, you know, like, like, you know, South down or something like that and find like trying to pull some uh, like, memories out of that stuff to create new music for you guys all day yeah. long all the time <laughs> I, think that I, love that. I love that yeah when i was demoing stuff out for the, the ep i was listening to three tiers over and over because that's nice. like my favorite all-time sound i awesome. love the way that that record sounds mm -hmm. and i wrote a song that sounds like it belongs on there and it almost sounds like a straight ripoff so i just threw it away i was like nah i'm not gonna do that i, I can't i'm not gonna be that guy mm -hmm. and um i'm one of those people it's like i i was met we, me and gabe were talking about it like hey i want to cover a mike m song but it can't be the black parade mm -hmm. the black parade to me is like bohemian rhapsody you don't touch that song yeah and uh so it's like that those kinds of things with me um mm -hmm. so when i heard that i was like oh this sounds a little too close i gotta step away <laughs> I'm part of the fan base. I know how that fan base is and I'm not risking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like also another funny thing too, is that I, like I, that Mike also knows is that we, we well, all of us collect, but me and Mike and Joey, especially we're really into like NSYNC and stuff too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like Backstreet Boys and like yeah. a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff like I used to, like I grew up listening to, cause like, again, my parents are pastors. So I grew, yeah, up of course. A lot of, I grew up a lot of gospel music too. Yeah, sure. Sure. So when I would sing and my grandfather, he was, he was a gospel singer as well. Mm -hmm. Um, when I would sing, and, and, I, and I don't know if you notice and everything is fine, but it, in the beginning, it has like a weekend vibe. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it has like a, like this, this, this wave, you know? Like a soul. And I got, a soul, I, I yeah, also, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I actually like pulled some inspiration from there too. Like awesome. from other, from other dynamics and other songs, you know, like Neo, especially. Mm -hmm. And like the weekend and stuff like that. Like, you know, we, I tried to like mold that into what Mikey wanted, like what Mike likes and, and, and Jesse and Joe, we all kind of like molded ourselves into this, this creation like, we have now. 
Hell yeah. That's why me and you get along so well. It's like we both love the early 2000s emo, but we also mm-hmm. love that early 2000s pop, yeah. boy band, and the R&B, like all that stuff. Like, like Mario Ray is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, me and him just were probably, I mean, Joey listens to that stuff too. Um, I think that's just where me and him over the years, since knowing him 10 years now, it's just, that's mm-hmm. where we connected the most. Yeah. I, I mean, say what you want about boy bands, but I mean, if you're, if you're trying to figure out the way to write the most balanced song and like to write the catchiest hooks, like you gotta listen to pop music. Like yeah. you can't, you know, you can't be 18 year old me. And when someone tells you, Oh, like, have you listened to like, you know, LFO or 98 degrees would be like, no, that shit sucks. <laughs> you know, like you, you have to be like open-minded about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff because it really does affect the way that you write. And you can see it like in like some alternative bands that uh like don't really listen to pop music and like you can get by on your laurels well enough, you know, but if you really want to write catchy stuff that people are going to you know, like sing over and over in their heads and choruses that yeah. they're, they're going to get stuck in your heads. You got to have some pop sensibility there or else you're just going to get kind of like lost in the shuffle. But, um, no, absolutely. but I don't know, uh, Mikey, my Mikey. Um, I don't know, like what, where, like, where do you stand on, on boy bands? I don't know if you've ever had this conversation. I, I would love to hear what you think about boy bands. Dude, there, there's no one that can really, especially who was our age, who can like wholeheartedly deny that they liked boy bands. Like, cause we were still kind of young when they were at their peak, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, we were still like middle school. Like we liked that shit. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that stuff comes on at a wedding or whatever. You could bet your ass that you're going to oh, say yeah, every single word. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. As soon as tearing up my heart comes on, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that one. So you, you're going to be sitting there singing like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and I've, I've kind of said this on the podcast before, but it, it's a little known secret that um, the guy from LFO started an independent record label, which is 111 Records, that had like a lot of bands that we love on it. And I really think that LFO was writing some of the better boy band songs of those, like fell in love with a girl on TV, man, that, that is a killer boy band song. It's a great, it's a great song. And, and, but like, for me, like, I, I like to go back to like nineties pop. Like that's some of the stuff that like, I think is the best. Like when I listen to like early nineties, no, like, like, like early nineties, like Phil Collins and like, you know, like, like Peter Gabriel or like, <laughs> or like, um, even like, you know, sting, like stings, um, like solo records after he left the police, like some of that stuff is like unbelievably beautiful. Like the way yeah. the songs are written, the, the way they're styled instrumentation, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people gloss over it because they're like, Oh, Phil Collins, like, yeah. You know, like that, like what, I'm just going to play the Phil Collins drum fill and that's it. Like, you know, but like, if you listen to like the rest of the songs on like, um, uh, like no strings attached or, um, you know, uh, sting had this record called the soul cages that came out in 91. That was just like incredible. Like you get lost in it. And I think that kind of was a nineties theme. It's like the nineties were very heavy because, you know, MTV was so popular. It was all about 
you know, it, there, there was a lot of emphasis on singles and music videos and like, you know, the band blur, for instance, like everyone knows blur because of song two, right. You know, you know, right. But yeah. if you, if you listen to like a whole blur record, like you see how, how, how much depth they have. Um, and I think that's something that sometimes is missing in today's alternative music. Like, you know, I, I hate to pick on them, but like the last day to remember record is just like flat one note kind of like, yeah. you know, it's almost like they've finally worn out their welcome in the whole like easy core breakdown thing for them, at least is like, I don't know, you know, like the formula's starting to kind of fade a little bit, but you yeah. do have some bands that are coming out with some great music on record that, you know, they'll have a single that sounds a certain way, but when you listen to the whole record as a whole, um, it, you know, has a completely different ethos. So on that note, um, when you guys cultivated this EP, you know, from track one to the last track on the record, like, was there an overarching story that you guys were trying to tell or an overarching musical theme that you really were trying to hit on? Or was it just, again, the whole idea of, you know, breaking the MLC mold and just getting, you know, a lock on what misery is supposed to be. I think a lot of that was just, uh, at first, I don't think we really knew what we wanted to make the record. I know I talked to Gabe about, hey, what do you think about concept records? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. another reason why I like them. Yeah. Um, concepts are one of my favorite things because cool. you can not only write a story into the lyrics and whatnot and this album be about this whole mm -hmm. story yep. but it can also be about what you're personally feeling yes and what other people are feeling and everything is fine that was like i said that was the first song we did and mm -hmm. so that was kind of like a way for us to be like hey fans from mlc when you find out what we're doing mm -hmm. this is us telling you hey everything's okay we're still mm -hmm. here shit's the same just better this time around. And at the same time, like Gabe's been through some stuff over the past 10 years. Yeah. Time for you to tell the world, Hey, I'm fine. Everything's cool. Yeah. I don't Everything's care cool. about this shit. Like it's yeah. just, and at the same time, we, we, we posted a meme of Gabe sitting. It's like a thing. There's fire around him. It says, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, kind of like that too. You can yeah. connect. Like if you're going through a lot of shit and you're just one of those people who's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. But, mm -hmm. And inside you're like, you know, you're like, Money, no. help. Yeah. And it's just, that's kind of what that song uh, in general was about. But once we did that, we started, uh, well, we did that song, what, June? Shortly yeah. after COVID, the first June after COVID started. It was, it was right and after then, COVID started. And then yeah. we started, we started with, you know, uh, metaphorically and a lot of the stuff in the song, like we were just talking about what everybody was going through mentally, you yeah. know, and the way that it's presented is, is more so like, uh, like there's two ways to look at it. Cause like when the way I write sometimes Mike, sometimes Mike is like, you know, you can't be poetic with everything, you know, but uh, <laughs> I'm always, I'm very metaphoric on a lot of, uh, like on the way he I write. He gets deep. Play, he gets real deep. <laughs> I play, yeah. I play a lot of words and um, mm -hmm. like, and everything is fine. And like you said, you can look at it in two ways. Like, okay, everything's going to be okay. It's going to get, you know, we're, we're hoping that everything's going to be fine yeah. on the same token. You're still screaming on the inside. Like, am I really fine? Or am I not okay? Yeah. You know, and like mentally, these are like, and that's why the song is as is, is much explosive as it is in certain parts of the song where um, Mikey and Joey um, and Joe, they're all singing at the at the mic, all of us. So yeah. if you close your eyes and you listen to it, 
it's more so like these are all the things you start telling yourself and yelling at yourself and you're like no 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 like you know you know what i mean so like everybody was going through that especially with sure. the protests going on and all Absolutely. the like it was just crazy man a lot that's of actually going uh, that's actually something that uh, you might not even catch it it's a little quiet in the i think it's in the bridge uh it's all three of us just screaming like uh burned out wasted all this stuff yeah in and behind him singing and if you catch it that's that's what it is it's just like your inner demons or your inner whatever or yeah. whatever it may be people on the outside anything mm-hmm. that's what they're telling you that's it's just attacking you and at the same time mm-hmm. you're just saying it's cool. yeah but and that's um, the stuff that makes you want to give up you know yeah but that's um what i was going to say was uh so june we did that and then november we went and did the rest of the record and that's yeah. where we actually sat down with ricky this time started breaking things down, showing them the demos we had. And we started talking about these characters and wanting to do like, we have a song called the obsessionist Mm -hmm. beginning of that Mm -hmm. is kind of like a lullaby type thing. Um, very, but it's got like that eeriness to it kind of. Yeah. I want to say like a hint of like a little piece of heaven by Avenged Sevenfold, kind of like that whispering. There's Mm -hmm. like specific things that, Ricky had Gabe do with his voice. He was like, okay, what's your character for this song? Okay. Yeah. What's that character sound like though? And then yeah. they would yeah. start coming up with these ideas of what's this character going to sound like? And he would have him sing it like that throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because each like, song technically is a different version of his voice. Yeah. And the, and like how that, and also how that came about uh, doing the different characters is that during everything is fine. I, I like to do a lot of random voices. Okay. I, I, I've always wanted to be a voice actor. So okay. I would sit there and be like, in a world where one man, like I would do all that. And then be like, oh, he was like, oh, okay, well, let's do characters, you know? And okay. That's how that start. That's how the character started. So he would tell me, like, hey, in this, in this kind of aspect, what would this character sound like? Or what would he sound like? Can you do this vocally, but do the, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. like how um, the concept of the characters came about. That's awesome. And I think that fits like the mold of, of, you know, someone like Ricky, um, you know, kind of pulling that out of you, because I mean, you know, if you listen to the newest ice nine single, uh, you know, that they've patterned after American psycho, I mean, you could hear it in like Spencer's voice, like, um, Spencer, right. That's his name. Spencer. Yeah. 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 Like how he's quirky. He's got like six different voices that he uses, you know, it's like, he's got his, like, he's got a screamy voice. He's got his belty voice. He's got his like breathy singy voice. He's got his, different talking voices. So, I, I mean, that, that's something that's cool. And also um, you, you see that just mentioning the two bands that you guys mentioned that you love. I mean, like you see that in, in Gerard, like mm-hmm. a lot, like, you know, you see that in, you know, the different ways he sings and the different inflections he uses. And of course, Davey Havoc is very much theatrical in that way as well. So um, it kind of shows that, you know, not only, you know, taking influence from, from, uh, some of the the bands that you guys grew up loving and patterning it's also something that is is prevalent today because a lot of listeners kind of like that um I, what would you call it like again just that theatrical nature in in music because it it's an interesting listen so it makes it a little bit different it's not one note uh so i think that's awesome that's really really super cool it, it plays on the imagination yeah 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 i, I 100% absolutely that's another thing, like, and everything's fine. You hear, like, he laughs and there's stuff mm-hmm. like that. That was something I told Ricky. It was like, hey, the used, Burt McCracken does a lot of these things in the background. Yep. And same thing, like, a lot, not a lot of people realize, but in on Three Cheers, mm-hmm. there's a, 
you know what they do to guys like us in prison. Burt McCracken mm-hmm. guest vocals that he's all those high harmonies. He's all those screams. He's all yep. those weird cackles, like all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yep. And I was like, I really want to bring that back into songs too. Cause no one's doing it. Like no yeah. one really, yeah. we even talk about this with stage presence. No one's losing their minds on, on stage. No mm-hmm. one's doing these wild things in their songs. Everyone wants to be perfect. Everyone yeah. wants to sound the best. Mm-hmm. Everyone like, that's another thing. Like we, we, we are trying to stay with uh raw sound live. Yeah. We don't want to go digital. I'm, I'm, I got an orange and a, a 6505 head. Like yeah. we're okay. trying to keep that true to the roots. Keep like, it visceral. Yeah. Of yeah course. When you, when you yeah. come see us live, you're going to hear mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear my guitar. When my hand slides up and down the strings or yep. when I mess something up or yep. whatever it may be mm-hmm. um a lot of bands nowadays it's just it has to be perfect it has yeah. to be very perfect and if it's mm-hmm. not perfect i'm gonna throw a fit yeah and it's just uh, it's to me you're losing a lot of yeah. what music really is it's like mm-hmm. especially for a live show yeah, um, it's a performing arts man it's, yeah. a, it's an art you know and like even you know just to chime in on what mike is saying you know a lot of people have lost that you know and and they just want to just be perfect all the time they have definitely lost that and like when you see us you're, you're getting a show you're getting a feeling you're going into our bubble and knowing us mm-hmm. you know we're, we're we're pretty much just like okay here this is we this is us and we're we're completely right in front of you no 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 fake no nothing you know well i i think that that kind of relates to also the evolution of production like when we were go into shows in the early 2000s band's production wasn't so great like even like my chemical romance's first album like doesn't sound so great like it it sounds last yeah yeah, it sounds like kind of rough so Mm -hmm. like sometimes when you would actually go to see a band live it actually would sound better live than it did on their recording but it's the complete opposite now where like even amateurs are producing like really crisp sound in audio. And then people expect that at like live shows, like yeah. they, they want what they hear on Spotify. And yeah. I, I think that that happened fairly quickly. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, when you think about like the span of music, this is like a 10 year window where there's been a complete flip flop of, you know, audio engineering and all that to the yeah. live performance that's like another thing i always said for years is like I, I used to be a big fan of ask alexandria and there's there's some videos where danny doesn't sound that great and mm-hmm. it's also if you real like if, if people aren't realizing like these videos i think it's bvtv they do it um where they have actual audio from the mixer recorded and it's played through so you're not really hearing the crowd it's just all of their stuff straight through and if you were at a live show and you took the crowd noise away and you just had them up there singing, performing, you'd hear the mistakes. You'd hear everything wrong, no matter how big the performance is uh, or the production or whatever it is. Um, you'd hear everything. If, if, yeah. if I always tell people, like, if you hear, say, for I scream some parts and everything is fine. If you hear mm-hmm. me without a microphone, sounds pretty gross and <laughs> bad. But with a microphone, I, it sounds really good. But at the yeah. same time, without music, it sounds bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, well, that's a lot of like where all this is coming from. People don't realize that it's like people are starting now to think you have to be so perfect. And it's not. Yeah. It's never perfect. 
And if you're, if you are going up there and doing it perfectly to what you recorded on that record, then great. Good for you. Awesome. But what is it costing you? Like, it's just, and, and, and that's, and that's the whole idea of the, the rock and roll mentality. I mean, you know, there's, you know, that's why the crossover of rock and roll and pop music can churn that out. Right. Because, you know, if you err on the side of pop music, your focus is making everything as, as perfect as possible. Right. Because that's kind of the whole, the whole like gimmick of pop music, right. Is it's like, it's gotta be perfect exactly as it is on record. Uh, but with rock and roll, like that's just like how it was built. Like rock and roll doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be, you know, exact. It can be nebulous. It can be kind of free. And I think that's what made some of the best rock and roll bands so enjoyable. Like, you know, if you go back into the seventies and you talk about, you know, Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin, you know, if these guys wanted to, you know, they'd just turn, you know, one of their tracks into like a 15 minute jam session, you know, just because, you know, that is still can be still be alive and well. It's just audiences nowadays, you know, especially in, in the land of the singles, you know, attention span is a little bit different. So, you know, maybe you can't go on like a fish style 40 minute jam and expect people to be like, Oh, this is, this is great. You know, everyone's going to be on their phones, but like, you know, if you're putting on an enjoyable performance that's full of energy and it's raucous, I mean, like who cares if you play the wrong chord or something, it's not like, you know, you've got someone sitting there, like it's going to hand you a report card, you know? So you've got a D minus today. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I wouldn't know anyway. It's, I, I have no musical ability, so I wouldn't know if you played a wrong. Yeah, but anything. like you say that, but like you, you you'll know. feel it, man. So, so like, and and <laughs> and the way the way I explain it to you is like you know what songs you love, right? So just to like, I don't know, just to like put it into perspective for you, like you know, you you like you know you love Grand Theft Auto by Fall Out Boy, like you know you know how that song goes. You listen to it thousands of times, probably, so you know it, right? Now if you know, Patrick started that song or whoever starts the opening, um, you know, octaves in that song. If they played it like a full note down, you'd know, trust me. Yeah. You'd be like, Oh, no, that's, that's not it. Nope. Well, sometimes, so like, sorry. Uh, no, sometimes bands, they go up like, um, I don't, I can't think of a really good example, but sometimes they go up and instead of what's on the record, mm-hmm. they'll sing it in a different, in key. And exactly how it could be, but it's like in a different melody. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's really cool that they do that. I love, I love hearing that. Yeah, and and that's another thing that's great about live music is you can get to hear like the songs you love reimagined. You can get to hear the songs you love. Sometimes it's as simple as um, like a shift in key. Like Mm -hmm. you know, if on record it was easy you know if on record they were able to you know quant you know quantify everything and and make everything perfect in e but you know if it's easier for the singer to sing in e flat you know you tune your guitar down a half step and all of a sudden like it's the same songs but a half step down it's a completely different timbre it's a completely different different oral experience yeah and and that's like something people don't realize like i I, I literally used to do that. Like I would take some of my favorite songs and I had a, um, I had a, uh, this like program on my phone that would either like slow or speed stuff up, or it would like change the key of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And like, you just listen to like your favorite song, but like, you know, four half steps down and it's like, Oh wow, this is like completely different <laughs> and completely this. So I don't know. I think it's super cool, but um, that's one of the wonderful things about, uh, about live music. So um, before we, um, we, we kind of let you guys go because we've been chatting for a long time and it's been really awesome getting to know you guys. Yeah, it's great, um, man. Yeah, one, la- one last question for you guys and then we'll, we'll go ahead and let you guys plug away on what you guys have uh, coming up, the new uh, EP, uh, you know, the single that's out, all that fun stuff. Um, so other than My Chem and other than AFI, because we've established that those are two of your favorite bands, but other than those two bands, if let's say this you know this ep comes out it strikes fire and like all of a sudden you guys are 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 blown up to the nth degree if other than my chem other than afi for each of you guys what's one band that you would love to go out on tour with i have so so many um I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot for the stars again on this one probably, but be the use. That's definitely okay. a big one for me. I love them so much. Hell yeah! <clears throat> I, I have so many. <laughs> I could go you, on. You took my answer on that one. You took my answer on that one. This is a big one. Are they still doing stuff? Uh, they yeah. just they released yeah, they a record over nice like COVID, yep. and it they was did. like the in love and death record all over again. It was so nice. It was, it was nice to hear that again. It was so good. Awesome. Um, there's Talking actually. Talking oh, to used like I totally forgot, and I was watching something on pop music or something. But when the used was at their peak, so was that show, The Osbournes. And like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of episodes when Bert is actually like on the Osbournes. He, date, he dates the yes, uh, he Ozzy's dated, daughter. Yeah, yeah. Or dated. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I remember yeah, seeing wow. that. I was like, wait a minute, is that who I think it is? And he looks so grimy and like oh, it was yes. so. I love that's it. his. That's his look, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss it so much. Like I see him now, and I'm like, dude, you look hot. But like, I, I really, really, really miss the dirtiness of you. And like, <laughs> that, that just kind of goes to show how huge the used was at that oh time. Oh my god, dude! Like, they were playing MTV at the uh, like New Year's stage, uh, uh, whatever. I forget exactly what it's called, but. Even like, MCR, they were at the time. This is another thing I wish was still around. Rock isn't on TV no more. Um, they they played rooftops when the ball dropped and all this other stuff. They did all kinds of things, and like that was the time to be alive for music. Uh, but you know this, what? I do feel like it's genres. coming back though. I hope so. It does feel that way. It feels like that's coming back a lot. You're seeing you're seeing a lot more like emo and punk around now. You know what I mean? Like like people are. It's like normal normal for somebody to yeah. for a dude to walk around in makeup now. They're like, oh yeah, he's makeup's cool. That's sick. You know, it took like, me a while to accept it, but yeah. I gotta thank MGK for uh, what he did with his Absolutely. album. Absolutely, took me a long time to yeah. accept that, and I do love that album. It's really good. It's uh, good. It's just. I I I have I have trouble sometimes with stuff like that, and mm-hmm. uh, my drummer always makes fun of me. He's like, "You're a gatekeeper." I'm like, "I try not to be." Yeah, it's just oh, hard. Yeah, oh, he's a gatekeeper because I, I I genuinely love the the like the email culture, for example. Yeah, so mm-hmm. much that I like I defend it without realizing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you oh, do. Yeah. But that yeah. but that 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 gatekeeping goes back years and years and years. It goes back to like you know people saying, "Oh, Taking Back Sunday is an emo band," and then someone 
kind of shuffles in and they're like, well, actually, um, American football is an emo band. And then someone shuffles in from there and is like, well, actually, technically, uh, Rites of Spring and Fugazi are the original emo band. And it's like, <laughs> you could, you could, you could post that lineage for years and years. People are, people gatekeep music just because it, it makes, it keeps that exclusivity there, which is something that people for some reason care so much about. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that goes back to, you know, the way I felt when I was 18 or 19 is, you know, everything was a best kept secret until it wasn't. And then when it wasn't a best kept secret, it's like, oh man, these guys are yeah. blowing up. But now that I'm older, I can realize that like, it's great that the bands I loved growing up are now being able to make a living like why yeah. wouldn't i have wanted that like well, what am i a fucking idiot you know I like think, <laughs> i think yeah, one of the things i think one of the things people are having like especially people our age i think i've seen this on tiktok and it's something that i talked to one of one of the guys about before and i think one of the problems is that we're facing is that we're struggling with accepting it because we were bullied we were made fun of we were all this for everything that everyone's oh, doing oh now. my god yeah we were and it's mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like we 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 went through all of that we've got our scars we've got this we've got that to 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 have that to ourselves yep. mm -hmm. and then now here it is into the into the mainstream light yep and people we're just people are especially like i said it's it, we're struggling with accepting it and i think we're coming along like i said it took me forever to accept it but i i i have to thank mgk and i think modson's another one and yeah it's just and young blood young blood too young blood oh my god i love him uh yeah, but it's just i love that it is at the point it's at mm -hmm. um it's just sometimes it does suck but once in a while like even when skinny jeans came to be a popular thing yeah it was oh, like i was being funneled for song, that man yeah, yeah. i was oh, yeah. DM, you know, like made fun DMX of. Thing, you know, like Listen, man, I was always I was always a, a overweight and husky, so I was never able to wear skinny jeans, uh, which is something that I'm 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 a little proud of because I, I but I had friends who wore very skinny, very tight jeans, and God bless them because yeah, we took out of our girlfriend's closet, yeah, yep. or something. I mean, like I, you know, yep. I, I just steal my sister's pants all the time. <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I just hope none no one is struggling with fertility at this age because. <laughs> the things, the things that uh, those skinny jeans did to uh, to your parts there uh, mm. were, were a little wild. And I get is, the stretchy ones. Yeah, see, you there gotta, you yeah, go. you gotta get the there stretchy go. ones, man. And and I think that's the the probably the best way uh, that we've ever ended an episode is talking about <laughs> testicles. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for that. So, boys, uh, thank you again for for being on with us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thank you for yeah, having us. Ahead. Yeah, of course. Go ahead, please plug away uh, your socials. Where can we find your music? Uh, when when does the EP come out? Uh, on on what label is it coming out? Give us all the details it's... so our listeners can. Uh, can tag along and enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, you can pretty much find us everywhere. Uh, pretty much any listening platform. I know some people are struggling with like Amazon and stuff right now, but uh, mm. pretty much Spotify is our main one. Uh, then we got Instagram. I think it's just misery.nj. I'm pretty sure that's it across the board for Twitter, okay. TikTok. We do have TikTok, all that stuff. Cool. I actually got Gabe to make one today. Uh, finally, <laughs> <laughs> but we all have that. We all use you gotta social do it. You can find us there. Ask we 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 regularly post like stories. Ask hey, if you got a question, ask us. We'll we answer question. it. Yeah, we, we engage like with our fans quite a bit. Yeah. Awesome, very um, cool. 
but yeah, September 17th, that album comes out. We go on tour in October. Um, Revival Recordings will be dropping this record. And hopefully you'll see us with bigger tours, longer tours, and on the road all the time. I'm excited. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. And all our stuff is uh, available on the link trees, on yeah. our bios and everything, too. Sweet. So um, there's a bunch of bundles and everything for our EP release. Yeah, we got the pre-orders right now. I got a couple of different bundles. You get two and there shirts, might be some one secret shirt. stuff, too, so... Dude, yeah, we got right. a lot of stuff in the works. <laughs> Love that. Excellent. Well, uh, Gabe, Mike, thank you so much for, yeah, for hanging with us. Uh, go ahead and uh, check out Misery. Uh, check out their uh, newest single that they dropped a couple weeks ago. Um, we'll probably be loading it up onto one of our, our playlists just because we love to do that, uh, awesome. uh, just, to, just to keep it fresh and funky. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, if you haven't listened, go ahead and listen because I know you're going to like what you hear. So thanks again, boys. Appreciate you. All the best in uh, 2021, and we, uh, we can't wait for the EP to drop. Awesome. Thank awesome. you guys so much. Thank you guys. Good Hell yeah, you guys. Have yep. a good night. Take yeah. care. Take it easy. going on guys that was misery formerly misery loves company but they completely revamped themselves which is such a cool thing uh when artists are able to do that obviously as you heard in the interview they had some changes with members and just decided to go in a completely different direction in terms of songwriting and uh and just overall ethos of the band and uh, i think what they've come up with is is really super cool uh, again, like we said in the intro, XOX uh, is out September 17th. Uh, we didn't really have a chance to talk much about it uh, during the interview just because they hadn't uh, formally announced it yet. But, uh, you know, we can say for sure September 17th on Revival Recordings, XOX is going to be available. Uh, it's available for pre-order now, like I said. So go over to the Revival website, check that out, check out their singles, super cool. And just to touch on uh, on the interview a little bit, uh, we did a lot of talking about AFI and My Chemical Romance. Uh, Mikey is obviously a self-professed huge My Chemical Romance fan, and, um, and not and not me, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I gotta, guess we got to clarify that. And I guess that's kind of uh, the the hot take transition of uh, of today, which is that uh, you're not really a My Chem fan, are you, dude? I feel like a gatekeeper when I say this, but like when we were seniors, right? Like 
so 2004, 2005 uh-huh. is when I would say my chemical romance started to like blow up. Yeah. How- however, like, I guess they blew up so fast that people that you maybe were, were like not necessarily in the scene started mm-hmm. listening to them. And then that's kind of why I wrote them off. I was just like, Oh no, like th- this isn't the cool, like, underground indie band that i'm used to so like i never got into them when they were like at their peak yeah and then a couple of like you know years later i decided to go back and listen to some of their you know their hits i guess and not for me dude i I know that all their albums are concept albums and I know that their following is obviously insane because they sell, sell like sold out arenas once they announced their their comeback tour. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I I, I guess I, I missed that boat, and I don't know if I'll ever get on it. So, and I I get I get that. So I kind of have an interesting lineage with my Chemical Romance. So um, the way I had actually heard about them first was uh, their first record was on a record label called Eyeball Records, which uh, Jeff Rickley from Thursday has kind of a hand in. And Jeff actually produced uh, their first record, uh, I Brought You My Bullets, which was the one that I kind of listened to first. And, uh, you know, it had like head first for Halos and Vampires and like just some great stuff. And I kind of when I first got into them, I kind of thought they had almost like an alkaline trio vibe. Like they were sort of dark, but they were a little bit less straightforward, like pop punky. Uh, but I got a chance to see my chemical romance, uh, actually at the downtown and they opened up for Coheed and Cambria. So this was and the I, show. And, and I've talked about show. it. Yeah. yeah like mm-hmm. as tall as lions. As, wait, what was it? Weren't what? they like spitting blood and like? Oh yeah, that, that was like that was always their whole their whole okay. deal. Like, um, but it was as tall as lions. My Chemical Romance and Coheed and Cambria, um, and My Chemical Romance. Honestly, like they're they blew me away. Like they were great live. And then, I guess for me, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I loved I Brought You My Bullets, and then Three Cheers came out, which like kind of threw them into the mainstream because you know i'm not okay was on that and and the ghost of you and helena and like all those songs but i didn't really love three cheers for sweet revenge to be completely honest with you it just like it didn't strike a chord with me but um the black parade really did um i thought the black parade was like super theatrical and like the way it sounded and like what they did on the record and like how they kind of straight away from just like being more of like a a punky like emo band to like being like dressing it up and like in theatrics kind of almost reminded me of um a forgive durden and and you know rosy shadow which was just kind of like this great indie emo music whatever you want to call it but just drenched in all of this like panache which i really thought was super cool and then they put out the last record they put out which i'm not even gonna try to think of the name killjoys or something which i detested um but it, it's kind of weird because the last time i saw my chemical romance play uh they were opening up for blink 182 at jones beach right so i mean from the downtown to jones beach so from 400 people to i don't know 8000 people right but you can just see how time changed my chemical romance and i kind of fig- i kind of even though i liked all of that 
like kind of panache and stuff. Like at the end of the day, when I saw them the last time, I kind of thought it was a little uninspired and they were kind of like, you know, flexing this like kind of caricature of themselves that didn't, wasn't really like hitting me. So I don't know. Uh, you know, my chemical moments was never one of my favorite bands, but people are so passionate about them. Like people love them. Like there were people that when my chemical romance announced, uh, you know, pre pandemic that they were going to go on a reunion tour. I mean, they were selling out like arenas in minutes, in minutes, you know, it's just like insane to think that on the same level that I used to consider them with bands like Thursday and alkaline trio and all that stuff that my chemical romance ended up like on this mountaintop, you know? And I kind of wonder, like, what gets you there, you know? So, like, I, I kind of, like, I, I would love to hear your insight. Like, why would a band, you know, other than, like, I guess maybe connections, but, like... No, so I, why, think, I think that is it. Right? I, I think it's the connections that the band has always made with their fans. Because musically, like, they're not the, like, they don't write the catchiest songs in the, like, emo world. They don't. He, like he doesn't have the the best vocals and mm -hmm. you know it's a their concept album so they're probably a little out there lyrically that could be like hard for people to relate to yeah so I, it must come down to the just the the overall connection that they've made with their fan base and i i think that the fact that one of their main songs like their hits is like saying how they're not okay yeah I think a lot of younger people who always maybe felt a little bit different relate mm -hmm. to that. Like, uh, and obviously that's kind of this whole genre of music anyway. <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're not the first band to come out and say that in yeah. their lyrics. So <laughs> it, it's not like completely original, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it's, it's always so hard for you to put your finger on why like fallout boy was the one that blew up and why my chemical romance blew on up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where there's other bands that were like, man, this, th these are our favorite bands. These bands yeah. are killing it. Just no one really mm -hmm. picked up on them yet. Yeah. Like I, you know, I think about like certain bands that like, I think could have been enormous, like North star or a band like the matches, uh, you know, like these, these bands that like really could have been huge, but maybe they just weren't, there at the right time in the right place, or they didn't have the longevity. But one thing I, I will say about My Chemical Romance, just to kind of refute a little bit of what you said, like, I may not love every My Chemical Romance song, but I mean, like, as far as writing catchy songs, I mean, like, I defy you to talk to anybody who listened to this kind of music in 2004 to 2006 that hasn't tried to sit down on a piano and play the opening salvo of, um, Welcome to the Black Parade. You know? Ding, 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 <laughs> so, ding. So you want to hear a, a, a something so ridiculous, too? Yeah, I do. So there's this, I, I guess they're a band. They're, it's a, I, maybe an artist is what you would call them. Okay. They're called Sparrow Sleeps, which is... Uh, yeah just all nursery rhymes versions of all the music that we yeah, listen to. So it's, it's all lullabies. It's all lullabies. Yep. And right now they're like Spotify top five. 
are like maybe two Paramore songs and I think three My Chemical Romance songs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'm scrambling so quick that I don't have time to go and find like a band that I want to listen to in lullaby version. Uh-huh. So I just like put on their top five. Yep. So I guarantee you when my my Spotify like year and a rap comes back, it's gonna be all these like my chemical romance <laughs> baby lullabies. <laughs> Just, so and and obviously Black Parade is one of them. So yep. so you'll you'll see, man, when, when Kaylee turns 16, she's just gonna be like, Dad, what what about that band My Chemical Romance? And you're gonna be all old, you're gonna be like, Oh no, they suck. Ah. And that's going to be, and that's going to be the thing that like, you know, ends up happening at the dinner table where your daughter storms off because she just doesn't, you don't get her because she loves my chemical romance and you don't. And, uh, I hope you're ready for that. I hope you are, but Hey, listen, um, one last thing I'm going to tell all you guys before we wrap this episode up is that if you haven't listened to Phoebe Bridger's cover of nothing else matters, you need to. You need to do that like right this instant because it is empirically better than Metallica's version of Nothing Else Matters. And that's probably a super hot take. I don't really care. Uh, you can fight me on the internet about it, but I think it's way better. Uh, Phoebe Bridges is, is unbelievable. She's an incredible artist and uh, she just keeps getting better and better. And this cover of Nothing Else Matters just rules. So go listen to it however you can. Um, there was like a big album that was put out. Uh, also, uh, Pup is on it, like right next to like Lady Gaga, which is kind of wild to me. But Pup rules, Phoebe Bridges rules, Bar Down Breakdown rules, Misery rules. Um, and we appreciate you guys listening, uh, as always. And we appreciate you guys searching us out. Uh, you know where to find us. Make sure that you subscribe uh, either through Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Just so uh, every Tuesday when our episodes drop, you can not have to, like, go find it. It'll just be right there for you to go listen to, uh, which we appreciate. We appreciate uh, everyone that subscribes and we appreciate all the kind words. If you haven't already go give us five stars on wherever we get stars because stars are important just like at starbucks you want free coffee you need stars we want deals 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 we need stars uh speaking of deals 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 uh we are a proud uh member of the hockey podcast network and we've got this great partnership with DraftKings. Uh, as the football season is fast approaching, uh, college and professional football, there are going to be a lot of awesome opportunities to go chill with uh, our, our DraftKings homies, make yourself a little bit of money, play some fantasy football. Uh, the daily and weekly stuff they do, I've talked about it before, is super cool. Um, fantasy football always hurts my heart because I'm not really good at it. I always think I am and then I end up drafting Reggie Bush like every year and it's never good. So do yourself a favor. Don't draft Reggie Bush, uh, draft someone better, but that's what we got. The hockey podcast network. Thank you for, for keeping us on, keeping us cooking and go make sure that you check out all of the other great content creators on there. You can find your next favorite podcast. Again, uh, misery was with us. We had Mikey and Gabe XOX is out September 17th on revival recording. So go make sure that, uh, if you listen to them and you dig what you hear, cause I guarantee you will go pre-order that new record, man. It's awesome. Uh, and we hope that you uh, enjoy it as much as we did. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the interview as much as we did with Mikey and Gabe. Uh, on that note, uh, not much hockey talk to discuss, but we're so pumped for the season to get back into swing. And 
Uh, we will report back to you when we got some stuff to report, but I think that's all we got, huh? That's it, brother. Hell yeah. Tom, as always, dude, it's been real. Peace be with you. And also with you.